Greetings and welcome everyone. This is Anthony Haynes. Welcome to the Grey Lit Cafe podcast brought to you by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus is a communications consultancy focused on engineering, infrastructure, sustainability and research. In this edition, we focus on grey literature with particular reference to the research concerning gambling. And with me, I have David Baxter of the University of Alberta. Welcome, David. Thank you very much, Anthony. It's a a pleasure to have you on. Now, your work has engaged with grey literature in various ways through your career. So I was wondering if you could, first of all, just give us a kind of indication of in what ways you've engaged with grey literature professionally. Sure. So I've been working with grey literature closely for about five years now. Um, Mm -hmm. And that includes three years. uh, I worked at as the information specialist at Gambling Research Exchange Ontario, uh, which mm-hmm. now just goes by GRIO, but uh, they're a knowledge translation and exchange organization. So uh, rather than doing research on gambling, just focusing on getting the research out there. And so I managed their digital library of gambling research, which ended up being a lot of gray literature. Yeah. Yeah. I've found, you know, as much as a, a quarter of research publications on gambling are gray literature rather than journal articles and books. Right. And so in the past two years, I've come to University of Alberta as a graduate student, really um, just mm-hmm. researching this gambling gray literature specifically and uh, getting into it. And I also work uh, with GrayNet, which I think you've mentioned on this podcast uh, yes. before, um, on their education and training committee where we manage a directory of gray literature education resources called graylitguides.com. So I've been managing that for the past couple of years as well. Great. And we'll put the link to graylits.com into the show notes because it's a very useful set of links to resources. Um, I think it was uh, when you were at Grio, that's when I first came across you. I read the paper you'd written about how you tried to reclassify the gray literature resources and make, make the whole archive more accessible to users. And I thought that was fantastic. So you've read lots of grey literature. Uh, yes. Which pieces of grey literature have actually impressed you the most? Sure. I have a, a few favourites um, of a few mm-hmm. different kinds. So one, just a, as far as a research report about, you know, looking into a potential policy for improving gambling, um, there's one out of the University of Bristol called A Blueprint for Bank Card Gambling Blockers. So yep. just, just what it says, and that's something I like about it. As far as kind of a more academic uh, research report, there's a longitudinal study of gambling and problem gambling in Ontario called the Quinte Longitudinal Study or QLS. That one's yep. just a very well-written detailed report. Um, yep. Some other and a higher level government ones in Great Britain, There's uh, it's called Measuring Gambling Related Harms, a Framework for Action that was commissioned by the, the Gambling Commission. Mm-hmm. And then in Australia, there was uh, an inquiry into the gambling industries. There was two, one in 1999 and one in 2010, but especially the 2010 yeah. inquiry report. Uh, it's just called Gambling, but it's from the Australia Productivity Commission. It's mm. it's it's so great. It's so detailed. I think it's just one of the most cited and really gets to the point and is is critical about the, the gambling industry. Gambling, mm. um, critical and... Um, but just very descriptive. Uh, it's mm. great. It's a great, great, big two-part report. Yes. Yes. Well, you kindly sent me uh, the link to the Bristol University report, and I agree with you. I liked it as well, and I thought that I thought the use of the word blueprint in the title was promising. Yeah. Um, I'd like to discuss 
one of these in detail and just think, well, analyse what, what it is we like about it and also think about what lessons could be learned from them. So if you were going to choose one of them, which should we go for? Sure. So even though I gushed the most about the inquiry report, <laughs> um, I think not too many of us are called on to write inquiries. So I'll, um, yeah. I'd like to focus on the, <laughs> the Bristol Bank Card Report. I yeah. think it's just right. what we're most likely to be finding ourselves doing. Yes. Okay. So the obvious question is, what do you like about it? Yeah. So there's, as you had pointed out, it starts even right in the title that this is this is a blueprint. It tells you um, it's it's something useful that sets out a plan and so expresses that in the title. And then just going from there, even the table of contents, the executive summary just um, are all are all very well written into the point, because I think these are the places first places people look and rather than um, even the headings in the table of contents posing, mm. you know, just words like methods, objectives, results um, there, or questions, they even use statements of what the findings are. So yes, um, you see these headings like make more people aware of bank card gambling blockers. Yes. Give people more control, maximize the effectiveness of, of this. Um, you yes. really know what you're getting into um, at all stages. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you wouldn't do that in a journal paper. It's in a much more direct form of um, communication, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those can be very prescriptive of what, all, what headings you must use. Yes. Yes. And, and what else? Other, any other features that appeal to you about that? Yeah. So the objectives are very clear. Um, it has this clear yeah. and measurable objective from the outset of what the purpose of the project is and not, um, not, just to generally or vaguely, you know, inform on this topic yes. or increase increase our knowledge, um, and so so that's expressed there. And then as we go down through even the first page of the executive summary, this report, kind of like what I was just describing there about the objective, what we did, what we found, and you know the the five points in what we found, you know the first one, blocker technology works and should be available to all card users. Second, every firm should routinely, strategically, and sensitively raise awareness about blockers. So, um, no matter <laughs> no matter mm. when it loses the reader's attention, <laughs> um, it's <laughs> it's it's all, all, already given as much information as it can. Um, it's yeah. been it's been yeah. useful at every point. That's that's a great point. And, and anything else just to push you further? Is there any final thoughts on what you like? Yeah, getting on to what it achieves and the the content of the report i really like that um when thinking about this topic you know i think of the bank card gambling blockers like this is something that financial institutions have to do um and um have to be willing to do but they 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 interviewed over 100 stakeholders and they yes um, it ends up recommending a range of options or levers that many different stakeholders can do so it's not just the you know the the big banks. Um, yes, I agree. But um, but it also focuses on the kind of the the financial conduct authority. So who who regulates banking uh, in the UK, but also the clinical treatment organizations who work with people. You know who are showing up with problem gambling, and even the yes. the credit agencies like uh, Equifax and and TransUnion. Um, they have a part um, where which I would I wouldn't have. Uh, even imagined, but 
So not not only are they brought into the discussion, but this report kind of implicates all those different groups of how how they're part of this, but also recommending actions that each of them can actually take. So uh, I just yes. find it very constructive in that way. Yes, I think constructive. That yeah, exactly, and 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 very kind of helpful and practical. And um, I occasionally write website reviews, and one of the criteria I use is how well a website caters for a range of stakeholders. And so when I read this report, I, I started picking up on that. I started noticing that they were obviously talking to a whole range of stakeholders. Right. And, and, and I, I, you know, that's that definitely an impressive point. If we step back from this and think, um, I mean, you've been very helpful there in giving us the character of the report and also showing us what it is you like about it. If we step back from that particular report and think, well, I mean, one of the things that I think we do distinctively on this podcast is we try to give some pointers to people who are themselves creators or producers of grey literature, uh, particularly concerning quality. So I'm wondering, what do you feel are the lessons that one could learn from a piece of writing such as this? Okay, well, so thinking on the point you just mentioned about your your website reviews and and the the audiences that are targeted, I think it's it's really important to know who know who your audience is or audiences are and then writing mm. writing for those audiences yeah. this is kind of moving into a second point um mm-hmm. this report is 76 pages long um the quinte yeah. longitudinal study which i mentioned that one's over 100 pages and has a separate kind of methods manual getting into those details and so which is of course these are much longer than than journal articles which i struggle to meet the word count on sometimes yes yes <laughs> and um but there there's an advantage um even thinking about the multiple audiences you have the executive summary and then the full yeah. report and those have those have two different audiences and then and you can write towards those um yeah the second point i was thinking of is so yeah. really take advantage of this this relaxed word count, but don't also don't abuse it. So that the Quinte longitudinal study on gambling and problem gambling, that one is really like extremely widely cited in in gambling research um, in the journal articles, just because it's very, um, very rigorous and a very rigorous study, but Mm -hmm. explains its methods in great details. And of course, you know, it, it has a lot of useful numbers that people Yes, like to cite, but methodologically, it, it's useful. Kind of thinking about the replication crisis in in science and psychology is a big place, but there's just not enough room yeah. in a journal article to write your methods in a detailed enough mm. way that it could be replicated, repeated, mm. and so that's why these documents, where you can go on a little longer, are are useful. But then yes. there there are ones with just tables and tables that end up being over 400 pages. And I think it's it's just a a big thing that, um, you know, people shut down on. So yeah, uh, that's, that's why I say, you know, you know, use, use, but don't abuse it. Indeed. This point resonates with me. I I used to work in book publishing as a commissioning editor and uh, experts were always saying they didn't have enough time to write books. And then when I set up a consultancy, uh, they asked me to help them with writing papers and reports and so on, mm. and they're forever overwriting. Um, <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe you seem to have enough time to write journal papers that are too long. Yeah. So I can quite, I can quite see the attraction of what you're saying here to authors. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that you 
we feel we could learn from this uh, report, this blueprint? Yeah. So I I had mentioned, you know, providing this range or or spectrum of recommendations to all these different stakeholders who you who you might be able to implicate. But I think when it that's a range, but to describe it as a spectrum, um, I think. Sorry, I'm thinking about in in uh, in COVID when the right, you know, the in Ontario we have the science table and they give these recommendations about it. It's a range where if you do kind of all the restrictions, it'll look like this. If you do none, it'll look like that. Mm-hmm. And here's the kind of in between. And so, yeah, um, kind of showing showing a stakeholder or a policymaker. You know, not just not just kind of what'll happen if you if you do everything, but um, yes, kind of, yes, <laughs> uh, do yes. everything that we we'd hope for you to do, but um, but to see um, kind of the the in between, uh, what can ex- what to expect if maybe some if some of the levers are pulled, uh, because in in reality, that's that's usually what decision makers end up having to do. Mm. They can't they can't pull all the levers that you've set out in front yeah. of them. Um, so that is, I think, really constructive advice again. Yes, absolutely. It seems to me there's a kind of um, uh, realism about that mm-hmm. and a kind of respect of a reader as well. So, yeah, it, it, uh, I think from from what you've been telling us, it, it, it feels to me like that, that's, um, I don't know whether you'd use the word model, but certainly there are many takeaways for people who are thinking of writing reports themselves and uh, you know obviously not just on 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 gambling yes um now one thing we like to do on this show is to just hear about what else is out there so the question i always ask is if you were asked to recommend a particular resource one one resource on gray literature what what would it be all right and and so just to let everyone know, Anthony didn't put me up to this, but I would like to recommend Frontinus uh, has a resource called Developing Your Paper. Um, you can <laughs> find it on their front page there. But it it it's just a laundry list of points um, of mm. things you can do to develop your paper from very broad, like kind of how the report is organized and telling the story like we've been discussing today, but even the very specifics of language like... Um, word use and lengths of sentences and paragraphs. So it's it it really just lists of, of many fronts on which you could work. And then if you think mm-hmm. about the um, kind of the type of feedback you're getting on your writing, um, some techniques that uh, would would work to address those. And then maybe you can find more detailed um, resources, um, giving tips on those things elsewhere. But it's it's a great place to start. And it has it has this gambling theme of different like po- poker cards, right? So um, that's right. That's not yeah. why that's not that's not why I picked it either. But uh, it, yeah, it did appeal to me. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I am, of course, delighted that you're recommending one of our resources. And I'll reiterate for listeners what you said, which is we, we didn't sponsor you to do that. So I'm very <laughs> no, touched. not at all. <laughs> yeah, I paid um, a designer to come up with a playing guard thing because I liked the idea of sort of it was like you don't have to work through it in a linear way. Just shuffle the pack and choose the mm-hmm. whatever bits of advice you come up. With, you know, happen to your eyes happen to fall on. So yeah, I think that's yeah. great. Yeah, thank you, David. You've been a fantastic guest. I think you've given us a real window into uh, specifically research, great literature research on gambling, but also. Um, the art of report writing more generally as well. And that's fantastically helpful. So I'm very grateful to you for appearing on the show. Thank you.
Well, thank you very much, Anthony. It was a lot of fun. Grey Lit Cafe is edited by Dr. Bart Hallmark and produced by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus specialises in grey literature forms such as proposals, publications, papers and reports. The music is from Handel's Water Music, courtesy of the United States Marine Band and Marine Chamber Orchestra. (laughs) Thank you.